first of all, the brand is Joel um, and has always been. And so I knew that it was really important that Joel still had that real close connection with his customers. Um, we had a great customer base. We do have a great customer base in Pacifica and Half Moon Bay. And so they want to come talk to Joel and, and really spend time with the shaper and the glasser. Um, so there was that channel that was super strong. And I knew that we needed to continue to cultivate that channel and make sure that we took really good care of them. I love the art of hand shaping and I, every chance I, opportunity I get, I love to hand shape. Um, you know, being that I do all the glassing though, the CNC machine definitely speeds up the process exponentially. Hello, Saltwater. Hi, how's everyone out there? This is Double D coming at you on the mic today. We have a super great interview with Joel and Andy from Half Moon Bay. We all know Half Moon Bay as the epicenter for big wave surfing in California. And this couple, it's a uh, it's a great interview. Joel's a, a shaper. He outfits a lot of the big wave surfers that surf Mavericks, and Andy's his partner. And they um, they just opened a new shaping studio a couple blocks, as they said, from from the big waves up there. Really stoked to meet these guys, and uh, they have a great story. They got got together during COVID. Um, and yeah, let's just uh, roll right on in and hear from Joel and Andy. Saltwater High, welcome to Joel and Andy, the awesome shapers from Half Moon Bay. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Doing great. Good. Good. That's really, really uh, stoked to meet you guys. I, I read a little bit about your story but I'm looking forward to hearing more. Um, how are you? And uh, yeah, what's up? Doing very well. Thank you. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah. I mean, we had such a great run of surf, you know, for those um, couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm still recovering from, from the surf dropping. And, you know, I know you guys are in the epicenter of the big wave surfing up there. And I saw some of the footage dude it was amazing it's been incredible it's, yeah we're about four blocks from where wow yeah yeah it's a whole it's a whole different kind of you know animal that kind of surfing i i've only i've done a little bit of big wave surfing but you know i i went out to todos and off of ensenada back must have been 15 20 years ago now and i remember i paddled out it was like it was the swell was increasing, right? And I was on like a six seven or something, like oh, no. way undergunned. <laughs> and then it got it got to like twenty plus feet. I've never been in surf like that before, and I wasn't prepared. And it was so big, like I and I remember being so scared. And there's nowhere to go, right? Because you can't go to shore because it's like a military island on Todos, uh -huh. and you can't go. The boat's gone because the boat left and it was going to come back. So. It's just oh. kind of, you just hope, like you take off hope. And there's a big rock at, I don't know if you know Toto's oh, no. big, there's a big rock on the inside. So if you don't hit the takeoff, right, you actually go right towards that rock on the inside. So that's, that's my only real, like big, big wave surfing. And I'm, uh, I'm, I don't know if I was made for it. <laughs> we we definitely don't serve it but we outfit the people that do <laughs> nice nice that's yeah, really cool extremely busy through all the uh 
you know, the big wave season. So you know, we're in full yeah. thing here at the shop. We've been making quite a few boards. So we do Sweet. we do our own customs and we also service uh, about 15 other shapers in our fiberglass shop. So yeah, I want to talk to you a lot about that. Um, so first, let's back up a little. You guys, you guys met during COVID. Is that what I saw on somewhere? We did. We actually took our first. Dude, how do you get a girl during COVID? That's like impossible. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a hot one too. I mean, <laughs> thank you. It's actually pretty funny. We had we had met about a month before. And Joel and I had just kind of randomly were just texting and talking. And he texted me one night. He called me one night. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm actually packing. I'm going to Maui tomorrow. And Maui's got tickets for $1.99 round trip. And I'm like, I'm going to go for four days. You want to go? And I was just kind of half joking. And he said, yeah. <laughs> and so nice. we went to Maui, and while we were in Maui, have and um, I was diving most of the trip. I'm a, I'm a dive master. Joel's on the other end of the island surfing, and um, we we started getting calls from my family. They're like, "Can you come home?" And we're like, "What do you mean?" They're like, "It's on lockdown." Oh so wow! We came home to COVID. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. From a first date. Oh <laughs> uh, well, so you act. So that's a little like. It wasn't during COVID. It was like right when COVID hit. So that makes a little bit more sense. So, I mean, way to lock it down because if you wouldn't have been, it would, it would like, it was, all, you'd still be single probably. Yeah. It was definitely locked down. Yeah. I mean, look, anybody like I, I have a partner and, and, you know, she and I travel a lot usually. And, but we haven't traveled, you know, I'm usually at least a couple months on the road, sur- you know, surfing around the world. And she, she's from Europe. So she's going to Europe all the time. And so this was the first year since our, since we're, we first got together that we were together the whole time. So like if, if you're a couple and you can make it through COVID, dude, you can make it through anything, I think. <laughs> That's what we've yeah. learned. You get to know one each other. You get to know one another very quickly. Yeah. That's for sure. And we just That's... hit it off. And yeah, so COVID. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 11, yeah. 11 months later, it feels like we've been together for years. So <laughs> awesome. Awesome. In a good way, right? In a good in a, way. In a yeah. Way. Yeah, yeah. And in the middle yeah. of it, too, we built a surfboard factory. So it's been. Yeah. Like- so that's. That's amazing. Tell me a little, Joel, maybe a little bit about your history in, in shaping and sure. um, so, yeah. I've been doing this for, this would be my 29th year. Uh, wow. I started out as a glasser and transitioned into the shaping aspect of things. And yeah, I've been uh, working out of several shops locally here in between Half and Bay and Pacifica. So, you know, I just have been looking for a warehouse for a long time because I was bursting at the seams with the small shops that I was using. And Andy actually found this place and we made a phone call and lo and behold, we got the place and started building it in October. And this is our second month in full swing here. So, you know, we're, we're sitting on about 50 boards in here right now. Dude. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So what I, I kind of, I was looking at the site, you, you shape anything and everything, or do you have something that you like in particular? Or? I do shape everything, um, except for, yeah. stand, except for stand up paddle boards. Uh, you know, so, you know, anything, anything between short, you know, your performance short boards all the way up to guns, um, long boards, 
right now we have all of that in the in, in effect so yeah quite a bit of fishes so sweet yeah. And if if you're shaping, for example, for the half moon guys, are you are you weighting the boards at all? Are you putting like I heard that some guys put fish weights and things like that in the yeah. in the foam? That's uh, so I don't particularly shape like those, those would be the toe boards for Mavericks. Oh, the toe um, boards. OK, so I do the glassing for a lot of those. And yeah, they will actually we'll weight them down. We'll we'll put anything and everything that we can to to weight the tail down. So. When they take okay. that off, the tail's weighted out. So, um, wow! So it's just in the tail. That's interesting. But then okay. it's also you know heavy glass as well. So you know triple six on the deck and double on the bottom. So wow, that's a lot of glass, bro. A lot of fiberglass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I, I've also been shaping just as a hobby for probably a couple of decades, and um, nice. I feel that like glassing, like glassing is an art. Like a good glasser. I, first of all, they're really hard to find. They very and second hard. of there and second of all, like nobody wants to do it anymore. You know, I know I I because I I take my board. I don't glass mine mainly because I don't want the mess in. And I have a shaping room. And once you start glassing, you know, it's a whole different deal. Like I think you need a bay for glassing and a bay for shaping. So I just have a shaping bay and I take my board's down to Roberts, which is, he's a local shaper here in, in Ventura. And I know he has a super hard time keeping glassers, like, you know, uh, for any amount of time. So he ends up glassing a lot of his own boards, you know, like this is, you know, like, you know, shaper of the year, shaper glassing his own boards, but he said he loves it. You know, he absolutely loves it. I'll never not do that part of it. It's just, you know, I like to see it all the way through. Um, but it does, you know, it does take its toll when you're doing as many shapers as we are in, in house. So, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I'm currently training someone, uh, and trying to recruit someone else that's experienced at the same time, just because of the volume. Yeah. So, but, you know, typically what you see is if, if you train someone, they, you know, they might stick around for a year or two and, and then they want to go and make their own stuff. So yeah, that, that happens quite a bit in this industry. So, Yeah. Yeah, and what about you, Andy? You getting in there and helping sand yeah. some boards, or I've learned so do a little painting, board making more than I could ever imagine. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm actually a business consultant and a coach by trade. Awesome. Um, so I get to run the operations and the sales and marketing Perfect. Of, our, of our business, and so I'm kind of front of the house, and he's back of the house, and. Um, yeah, I've learned a lot about making surfboards. Um, he keeps telling me it's time for a sander. And I'm like, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy. I'm busy. I got to go market. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's important. Definitely. Yeah. That's really cool. So um, have you have you done any mini Simmons? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sweet. That's kind of my, my forte. Um, I've been riding them for actually as long as they've been around. And, you know, started making them probably 15 years ago. And uh, I just love them. I think, you know, especially for down here. I mean, up there, you guys have a lot more kind of serious surf. But Ventura, you know, we get some good swells. But most of the time, it's pretty small, you know, or it's weak. So, but the waves are good. It's just like there's weak points in the wave, you know. So the mini Simmons is perfect unless you want to ride a longboard which I don't. Um, so you can still be on a short board. Like my, mine are like five, three ish and, um, still be in a slow wave. Right. Which is what I love about them. Yeah, so 
they definitely get yeah. you the flat spots when you keep the speed going so yeah very cool what are you riding what's your kind of go-to um i basically will stay i, I stick to you know i've got uh, several boards so i you know i like to gravitate to you know maybe you know since i am six three you know like i don't ride anything particularly too small but you know i you know go from a six oh fish you know and i go back and forth between the twin fin quad on those yeah and, you know more traditional short boards because we do have a steeper face and a lot of juice up here too so you know, yeah. we're in the six eight to seven oh range for for my short boards and then you know for bigger surf, I you know, I have like an eight foot gun, so nice. I uh, don't surf nice. moderates, but you know there's plenty of juice. Every Ocean Beach, Ocean, Ocean Beach is just oh, such a good wave. It really is, yeah. but a yeah. lot of paddling, so you want to make sure you have plenty of volume. So, yeah, why? So there's one shape I always like to asking shapers this. There's one setup that I absolutely love that never took off. It's the Twanzer. You know about the Twan? You know the Twanzer, right? So the Twanzer is um so the the it's a quad but the small fins are in the front oh yeah on on the sides yes right yeah so i can never figure out why that particular fin setup never really took off because it's it's a little bit looser than a quad right but it's not as tight as a, a twin it's like the perfect kind of in between and i just that that fin setup never really really worked have you made have you made any of these or I, I have never made, but I have two that uh, locals uh, actually Roberts has made another guy named Hoyt, a Hoyt surfboard zoo. I don't think he's shaping anymore, but he made me one. I just, I just love them, but I just like, I don't know why those things aren't more popular. Um, <laughs> I need to bring them back. Yeah. I mean, I'll send you a picture. Maybe you could do a, do a model and you know, it'll be like your, That'd be your fun, new, right? you'd be like, bring them back, you know, he, Joel brings back the Twanzer, <laughs> 2021. We'll be known around town as the Twanzers. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I want 10%. I want 10%. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah. So what is what are you doing, Andy? To I mean, because like I I really think um, surf. So I started Wave Tribe. 13 years ago, it was a whole different, like I used to sell the shops, right? Like mm-hmm. the whole deal was, you know, you, you get a, uh, either you get a distributor or you got a sales rep, the sales rep goes around to the shops. He sells to the shops. I mean, like a lot, you know, cause this is what everyone was doing back in the day, but now it's a whole new world. Like every I'm, I'm selling direct to the customer, which I love personally, nothing against shops. It's just, shop goes out of business shop doesn't pay sometimes a lot yeah. of times pays late so how how are you thinking about kind of the business in this new especially you know covid age where um guys probably like ship me the board yeah right so there's a couple of things that i learned um as i kind of got into it first of all the brand is joel um, and has always been. And so I knew that it was really important that Joel still had that real close connection with his customers. Um, we had a great customer base. We do have a great customer base in Pacifica and Half Moon Bay. And so they want to come talk to Joel and, and really spend time with the shaper and the glasser. Um, so there was that channel that was super strong. And I knew that we needed to continue to cultivate that channel and make sure that we took really good care of them. 
Um, but then I started looking at really what we were doing online um, as far as just social media marketing, and it was really limited. So I put a lot of juice behind social media. Um, and then as we built this place, right, so we now have this really cool factory that people want to come check out. The mm-hmm. factory started opening up um, channels to new customers that we didn't know about. Um, and really um, brought us back to the Half Moon Bay community. This community is super tight and we love being part of it. Um, and so it's also, you know, the factory has brought in new business. We have been doing more in um, shops. So we're bringing that back, being selective about who we go into. Nice. And our, our future vision is an online store, um, which is what I'm working on right now. But one step at a time. <laughs> yeah. And oh, it's a lot of work. You guys, you're just two months in, you said, right? So yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot about building a warehouse. Now that was brand new for me. Yeah. Um, we yeah, have shaping rooms, sanding rooms, paint rooms, glass factory, like, you know, the ventilation, the H, I mean, all of the stuff that has to go into place to keep this very safe. Uh, yeah. Joel safe. Um, yeah, he is involved in this environment all the time. Yeah, so, dude, wear your mask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I learned a lot about that. But you know, if you build it, they will come. Was our mentality, and we've just yeah, we're we're now almost triple the business that we were doing in Pacifica. That's amazing. That must feel so good. I mean, and you're just getting started. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting. I always thought, I mean, I don't know if you guys are doing this, but I, I always, I've seen a couple of shapers that have put, um, streaming cams in yep. the shaping bay while, so if they shape while they're shaping a board, they can watch you, Joel, kind of, you know, especially like if it's your board and you know, Joel's going to be in the, you know, shaping room at three, you know, putting the, the nose and the tail on my board. I just, I think that's such an amazing thing to offer people and you're doing it anyway. So, you know, why not just push a button and stream it out? Um, That's actually an awesome idea. I thought that we would have like this kind of almost mini retail center and we would have foot traffic. It doesn't work that way when you're building boards. Like we have to be on appointment only. Um, We won't get the job done um, just because there's too much at risk. Um, But I love that idea because one of the coolest things is people knowing that their board's in production. And so I've been very diligent about saying, I I call them the babies. I'm like, your baby's here. Like it's it's ready for shape. You know, it's being shaped. Your baby's being painted. Um, And they get really involved in that. But having a cam where they could see it would just even boost even more. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You could even hold, Joel, you could even hold like, because I know... Like when you're shaping a board, you don't want, you know, like people coming in and like it because everyone wants to talk to you, right? When they come in, they're like, well, either want to talk to you about the board you're shaping, the board you just shaped them or the board you're going to shape them. So like you could hold, you know, like conference hours, you know, <laughs> like the shape, the surf professor, three to three to six or four to six, come by and grab an IPA with Joel and talk about your next board, something like that. I think that would be killer. Yeah, you know? we definitely the consult. I call it the shaper consult. It's like it's like gold. I mean, you don't you get on the calendar, and it's really so cool to watch him interact with his clients because he's got so much knowledge, and yeah. they are just they're just they get really jazzed about it. In fact, I want to run a contest for Groms um, to design a board, and then you get to come and watch Joel. It's some somehow, some way, facilitate them seeing their board in production. 
yeah, um, and get them really excited about, you know, hey, this is what I think I want to write. And then talking to Joel and finding out exactly what's the best fit for them. But then really seeing like we have a we have a glass door where you can see the glass go down. You can see the fins. Nice. Going in. Yeah. Yeah. So, Joel, what do you think? CNC or hand shape? What's your what are your what's your feeling around that? You know, I feel like they both, I, you know, I love the art of hand shaping and I, every chance I, opportunity I get, I love to hand shape. Um, you know, being that I do all the glassing though, the CNC machine mm-hmm. definitely speeds up the process exponentially. And, you know, you can definitely true in your designs. You know, it takes a lot of work and you know, it's not yeah. one of those things where you can actually get it right on say the first try. But if you have an opportunity to, you know, cut at least a few boards, you know, and really fine tune and tweak your design then you have it tried and true and then i like to use a little bit more tolerance to where i can hand shape you know do a lot more in the way of you know getting my rails tuned in so it gives me a little more margin of error as far as the machine operator just in case there's any mistakes that happen in the cutting process that i can actually get in there and, and shape them down but I do both. Um, I think they both definitely have a place in, especially in the manufacturing. Uh, you know, if I was to pull the plug on this operation though and retire, I'd just handshape all day long and that'd be it. <laughs> Dude. I mean, I, I, I've done some long boards in, in the day, you know, back before CNC was more available. There's nothing like skinning a, a you know Clark foam blank with glue all over the top and like I mean, dude, I I just hated doing that. I hate I I love like CNC. Thank God for CNC. And I mean, I'm telling you, and I I've done my fair share of hand hand blanks. I like forget it, forget it. I had one in the I have one on the rack right now that I'm hand shaping, and I. And I haven't, I've done CNC for the past couple of years and it's so much more work. It, it is, is so hours, much more yeah. work. Hours so, and hours. you know, you, you get the traditionalists that are like, no, dude, you're not really support shaping. There's, you know, there's yeah. a computer. I go, fuck you, you go do it then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm it's, totally with I you. I also, you know, sort of as his girlfriend too, I know he's like super happy in the shaping room. So if, yeah. if it's getting really stressful or the crew um, is on, onto something else, then I know that I can find Joel in the shaping room. Like he, that's where he's going to be to kind of get his, get his um, mindset and to really be happy in that process. Naked with the planer in his hand. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's my Zen place. Now I need to <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Honey, I'm watching you. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Dude, you might be able to make some real money with that. There you go. <laughs> charge for the streaming (laughs) yeah there we go that's a neat service i need to see that one's on market (laughs) you got like you got you got camera a which is free and then camera b which you gotta cut it off right it's like 30 seconds yeah yeah (laughs) that's not a bad idea i'm gonna try that myself naked shaper peep show yeah (laughs) i i bet it's out there dude it's some research somebody's doing that <laughs> i mean what's the new like sex websites where you can pay people i forget what it's called like you can pay girls to take their clothes off right 
I, I forget what it's not. It's not like porn. It's like the new thing, right? I forget what it's called. I just read this article on it. Well, but all girls think it could be like that. Sexy anyway. So yeah. Well, guys are doing it too. Don't, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I'd probably just equal genders them. here. I'd probably just scare people there that way. Yeah. <laughs> Some people like to be scared. <laughs> I'm just imagining this. <laughs> I know. I know. I think we got a new business model. Yeah. So. So, so yeah, <laughs> it, getting back to rails because dude, after, you know, shaping for years, the rails are still the hardest thing for me. Like, I don't know what it is. I have some kind of like mental block around the rails. Walk me through your, your rail kind of process. What do you like? How do you do them? Uh, so with the machine cuts, you know, particularly you know, I, I find irregularities in my machine cuts all you know, quite often. So yeah. um, first thing I'll do is I, you know, I put a rail finder on them and just measure the, you know, the, the distance or not the distance, but the differences between the two rails. And then I take mental note on that and, you know, incrementally will, you know, bevel them out with the, you know, I've got a, a fine um, sure form. So I'll just bevel them out to a point because you want to try to screen as little as possible. So you're, you know, you're incrementally beveling it with your sure form, but not like just your regular sure form. It's more of a fine um, blade on this because if if you don't use, if you use the regular sure form, you know, you're going to have like a cheese grater effect and they're just going to blast your rails and you're going to have a lot of trouble trying to true them in. So, so, um, you know, from that point, you know, really a lot of feel, you know, like I like to close my eyes and just feel a lot mm. and, and then, you know, measure, you know, every- back to the camera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, dude, we're, we're halfway there. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man. I bet you guys had no idea this would be like this. Huh? <laughs> no, it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a lot of dialing in your room as well, making sure your room, you know, you can see all your shadows and then and and just making sure that, you you know, you have you train your eyes so you can actually see incrementally where you're going wrong, because it's very easy to, you know, just if you if you don't take long passes or you know, try and chase something in a, in a, you know, a certain location, you just, you got to make sure you're really fluid in your, in every pass that you make and, you know, use the correct screens, use the correct tools. That's number one. So. Yeah. So you're not, you're not ever planing your rails, like say in a hand shape, uh, so a hand do. shape. How would you, how if would I'm, you, if I'm hand shaping? Yeah, I do. I, I, I take, um, and I'll, I'll measure, you know, my foil, accordingly so you know i'll go uh-huh. a foot from the tail and the nose and you know you're basically you've got your goal your end goal as to you know your thickness and your foil of how the rails are going to look but then you know like you're basically measuring you know like i'll use a carpenter square and measure you know my have in- incremental marks you know i do uh-huh. every, i do every six inches it depends on your shaping process okay. but you know, you find your center point, which is you're going to be your thickest point of the of, you know, the board. And, you know, as you're tapering them to the nose and the tail, you know, obviously you want them to thin out accordingly, but you have to consider the rocker, you know, as well. So, you know, as if you're, if you're thinking of it, of the board, you know, the rocker works in conjunction, you know, the bottom design works in conjunction with the rail design. So, so you're moving up at the nose. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. 
Yeah, so you, you my mini Simmons usually have very little rocker, so I'm not usually thinking about that. Right, but yeah. um, Up that's rocker. interesting. Rocker is extremely important, especially with the bigger wave boards. So you know, yeah, got quite a bit, that's, quite a bit of rocker to consider, and how you're going to coil it according to that rocker flow. So yeah, yeah. What's your what's your um, opinion on foams? Pu versus EPS foam? versus. Uh, I'm running full, uh, full poly right now. Um, yeah. it's preferred to the flex and, and, you know, I feel like I can control quite a bit more with it. Um, I'm not, you know, I have had ex- a lot of experience with epoxy in the past and I don't, I don't hate it. I think there is a place for everything, but you know, for my personal health, I try not to mix the two resins. So, yeah. uh, but as far as my personal preference and what I ride, I love poly for the flex characteristics and me too. You know, and I can really get a lot out of it with my glassing experience. So, you know, we, yeah. using, you know, the warp cloth, the, you know, in conjunction with, you know, S cloth or, you know, you can get a lot more strength out of it. And, you know, you're talking, there's things on the market like compression cloth now. So you can do like a two ounce compression cloth underneath these and get a really strong lightweight board that people are, you know, that's why they're gravitating a lot to the epoxies. So, so yeah. it's. Cause for the lightweight. So if you can find that balance in the PU, right. yeah, that's tr- I always felt the EPS is the ones that I've ridden in the past. They always seem like they ride on top of the water. I always felt they like do. I, you know, maybe because I grew up, you know, riding the PUs, I like to be in, in the water, like dig that rail as far down as I can. The rail. And, and then there's also, they don't plane as well. I, I feel, you know, because they yeah. are riding on top of the water, you know, especially when you're getting into bigger surf, they don't tend to, they don't tend to plane and glide as well. So, you know, they actually kind of hold you back when you're in the entry of the wave. So. Yeah. Interesting. But that's more, what of, do you, it's more big wave application on that, that end of it. So. Yeah. What do you ride, Nandy? A longboard. <laughs> That's okay, dude. Nothing against longboarders. And a beautiful one. I just got oh, just a nine two. We have an airbrush artist here on staff, and I saw he, the some of the work is amazing. He's incredible. Yeah. We're so blessed yeah. to have his talent and um, and all the talent that we have for the crew. It's really cool. We also have an amazing sander that's been working with Joel for like twenty years, um, and right. he runs his own surfboard. So. Um, we keep it in, in house for sure, but yeah, my longboard's my new baby. She's got all the bells and whistles on her. She's got the cut lap with the custom airbrush, you know, the pin line, resin pin lines, and yes. Yeah, so. I, I hope you shaped it for her, bro. I even yeah. let our team writer write it in a, in a oh, longboard nice. plastic this weekend, and I was like, if you break it, you buy her. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> but yes, I nice. love it. Um, I'm really still just getting new. Like again, I'm usually underwater not on top of water um yeah and so it's really cool to 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 be able to take it out and right yeah yeah joel what do you what do you think about the stringerless movement that's happening the stringerless boards yeah i was just going to mention with the foam i i like to use the varial foam um you know that's the higher density foam so i can get quite a bit of weight lot uh, i can take quite a bit of weight out with that um so, you know, the stringerless, you know, if I'm going to do it, I use the varial foam. I really do like okay. that foam. Um, it shapes very well. It's very strong. And I just throw a carbon band down the center so that I can kind of reduce some of the flex characteristics. Okay. And I kind of run it to about, you know, right around where the, you know, your front fins would be. So, you know, you have some flex still at the tail, 
which gives it a lot more pop. So they, you know, they do, you can control a lot with the glass with the stringerless. So I do enjoy using it and, and yeah, I think they're cool. It's just, you know, there's a lot of directions you can go with it. So, yeah. Yeah. I always thought it was, I, I rode one uh, stringerless in Europe and I always thought it was like one of the best boards I ever ever rode it was a mini simmons it was like a five three or something but there was something about it it was it was pretty special and i haven't ridden one since so i kind of i'm itching a little bit i might have to send send one up send one send, up there send, send a design up or leave it to you actually that'd be even better is that guy there used to be a guy that was driving the whole coast dropping blanks or dropping boards off is that guy still doing it Leon, yeah. Leon Fiche, yeah. Yeah, I remember that dude. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he would. He drives the whole coast, and you give him a couple boards or whatever, and he drops them off. I can't believe he's still doing that. That's oh, awesome. Yeah, he comes up here twice a month, and we have clients that are in, um, you know, down in SoCal and San, and definitely some in San Diego. So we try to make that bus when we can. Yeah, <laughs> it's a whole lot cheaper, um, obviously, than shipping. So. Um, yeah, yeah, but he just comes- also, it's also a good excuse for us to deliver boards. Like, ah, oh, we need to go deliver some boards. All right, road trip, <laughs> road, road trip. trip. Yeah. yeah, that's that's our, that's our COVID travel. <laughs> yeah, it's you and me both. Yeah, <laughs> we're chomping at the bit. <laughs> yeah, dude, I can't wait to get out of here, but hopefully soon. Yeah. So what else did I have here? Um, stringerless. We talked about that foam. Okay. Here's one very first board that you shaped, you shaped for, for, you know, not for like very first, board, very yeah. first board that I shaped was at age 15. Uh, oh, we had a dude. family friend down in 10 years uh, ago. That was down in La Jolla. And yeah, he, he was, he had a shaping room set up in the basement of, of his family's house. And he's like, I think you, you know, I think it'd be cool if you would go for it. And he gave me some pointers and, you know, we got into it. I think we used, you know, it was just like a traditional short board, rusty template or something of that nature. And man, I was hooked from the second that I did that. It's like, I actually running the planer, you know, for the first time ever and, you know, being able to sure form it out. It came out pretty rough, but you know, it was yeah. a cool thing to do. And, you know, it stuck with me and it wasn't really until age, uh, from that point, probably not until age 18 or 19 that I had got to do another one. So, right. And that's when yeah. I was actually, you know, introduced to the manufacturing sector in Santa Cruz. So nice. Nice. Do you see, you don't still have it, do you? The first one? No, unfortunately, I, yeah. I don't. I want it in this shop so bad. I just want a picture oh. of it. <laughs> I mean, imagine, I mean, I just, all those boards we had growing up, you know, like I wish I had half of them, you know, just to look at. Me too. But, yeah. <laughs> That's a regretful thing that I got rid of those. So. <laughs> I know. I know. That's really cool. So best wave you ever surfed, both of you, or bo- best Best place you ever dive for you and okay for me it's yeah, different. yeah 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 um best place I've ever been underwater is Fiji for sure awesome um I lived in St Croix so I worked on a dive boat there um wow. I know those dive spots obviously really well and it's it's still home to me underwater but the most um you know magical place I've been was um, Fiji and I do some shark diving too so I'll chase sharks around 
um, the world, but Fiji is soft coral capital of the world. And so when you see those corals, there's a picture of me with like, like tip of my finger to the tip of my fin. And there's two fans that are bigger than me. Like, it's just, it's just incredible what those reefs are like. So I'm all about trying to save the reefs and making sure that we're protecting our oceans and for generations, obviously, but that's, I'm, I'm usually underwater. I'll let him talk about on top of water. Uh, I'm a Bali fan. You know, I started going there at a younger age. So, uh, you know, the whole Bouquet, you know, it's, I, I love surfing anywhere yeah. in the Bouquet area. You know, Uluwatu is a little crowded. So I try and just stick to, uh, you know, Padang Padang or, you know, like Impossibles or, you know, Belonging. So in that yeah. area. So um, those are some of my favorites. You know, I haven't really got to take a trip for quite some time now. So I'm kind of itching right now to get out of the glass. Yeah. So. I'm not used yeah. to our temps up here. Like you got to get all kind of suited up up here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, a good trip to take her would be Nusa Limbongan. Have you been out there? Exactly. Yeah. That's because, what we were talking about. So she can, uh, yeah. Cause the diving there is incredible and the surf there is so you could, it's like best of both worlds. That's what I was talking right there. About. Yeah. That's some of the, best snow i've only i only did snorkeling there but it was amazing they drop you off you know and the current just takes you for miles along the reef um it's just fantastic yeah how about you derek where's your favorite dude so hard you know um (laughs) yeah so hard i mean i've been into into indonesia recently i went to sumatra um last year well right before covid hit up to an, the island above Nias. Okay. So um, it was in that area. But uh, South Africa, I really like too. J Bay. I'm I'm standard foot. So, um, but you know. South Africa is you know, definitely on my diving list. Yeah, it's dude. South Africa is amazing. It's so, it's, there's no place like it. You know, it's just the, from the animals to the people to the rawness, you know, the two oceans coming together at the tip of this continent, right? That's Amazing. a great trip. That's a great and what trip. what water patterns do too is really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a hard question, you know, cause it depends on the swell too. You could be in the most epic wave in the world and the swell sucks, or you could be in a horrible place and it's going off and it's just good everywhere, you know? Right. Yeah. When we first started dating, Joel had a place in Bali. He had, he had lived in oh, Bali. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so I thought that was coming with part of the package. And then we <laughs> well, the way things are going with the shop, you might be able to get another one here. Pretty he, soon. <laughs> he knows how to hunt property over there. And that's for yeah. Sure. Oh, good. I think we, we're going to have to have a board meeting in Changu next time. Pack up some board bags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah. Did we miss anything? Uh, anything you want to say out to the people that maybe are interested in getting a board from you, Joel? Um, Let's see where... Besides get in line. Get in line. <laughs> yeah, get in line. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I try to make myself available. So uh, what would it be, like 10, 10 to 5 every day? Uh, you can call our business line here. And if you, if you don't get anybody answering right away, we can get right back to you. I'm usually in the shaping room, glassing room. Uh, you know, I love to talk to people in person, you know, if preferably in person, but I know due to COVID, a lot of people want to do it on the phone, you know, yeah. so and talk about what they've been writing and, you know, really get down to the nitty gritty of what, you know, what their skill level and where they surf and 
you know, what type of design they're looking for. So we can really hash it all out and get it all all there. So, you know, I would just say that just a huge shout out to our awesome crew. Like we've really been able to source some amazing talent in these walls. Um, And they're truly part of um, helping us build this. And so it's really cool to not only talking to Joel, but, you know, like talking to our artists, talking to our Sander, you know, we, we always have people that just want to see this in production too. And it's, it's a really cool, it's a real kind of cool little treehouse we have. Yeah. We're all really passionate about what we do. So we're, we're talking boards all day long here. So, you know, it's, it's always, it's always fun to have, you know, new customers show up and, you know, especially around that you know, four o'clock shaping appointment, you know, talk about, yeah. talk about it and have a beer afterwards and, you know, get down to it. So. Dude, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one. Come see <laughs> us. I will. I will. Road trip. We just went up to um, Sycamore Hot Springs. You guys ever go down there? Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's a nice, yeah, it's a nice little trip. That's so you guys are just, another couple hours up but yeah definitely would love to hang out that's the one in avila right yeah it's one avila yeah and they're open just in case you want to take are they really that's that's good to know mom lives down there and we there you go try to go to the springs and we haven't been able to so it's another first (laughs) yeah 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 so really appreciate i'm stoked to meet you guys i'd look forward to having a beer and talking about the boards in person and um I wish you guys a ton of luck. I have no doubt you're going to just kill it. You're just going to kill it. I can tell from the energy and just the way you talk and, you know, so saltwater high, get out there and order some boards from Joel and say hello to Andy. And, um, yeah, just super stoked to meet you guys. Thanks for doing the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Very Great cool. talking to you, Derek. Thank all you right, so we'll much. We'll put all in the show notes. We'll put all the links so people can order the boards right now. Order the board. <laughs> order the board. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Saltwater High. Please take a moment and go leave us a review on your favorite podcast network. We'd really appreciate it, and it would help spread the stoke. Also, one last reminder, go to wavetribe.com for surf gear, surf travel articles, and lots of other stoke. See you guys. See you in the water. Peace out.